Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're in 1 John, chapter 5, last chapter of 1 John. And John keeps driving home the point about loving God and obedience, and we're going to look at that this evening. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5 and see what he has to say to them. And he begins with, we are born into God's family. We are born into God's family. Here's what he says in in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Now, let me just go back to that verse real quickly. Just look at it. He says something that if you're just reading it, you might just pass by, but it has a lot of implications. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, not Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. Now, we know that Christ also has, means another word. It was used in the Old Testament. That word is, oh, you're disappointing me, Messiah. Messiah. He's the Messiah. Now, to the Jewish readers of this letter, that has great implications. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the king. He's the deliverer. He is the one you have looked for. He is the one that is going to usher in his kingdom. He is the one that, you know, that's the one throughout Jesus' ministry. Are you the one? Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Uh, Are you now going to establish your kingdom? The questions over and over, not only from the Pharisees, Sadducees, but also from the disciples, is now the time. We're looking for your kingdom. You're the one good at doing this. So John here states very emphatically, you have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the one you've been looking for. He is the one who is going to do everything He's promised. He is the one who is going to establish His kingdom. So, He is the Christ, the Messiah. And if you believe that, if you accept that, that's, that's why they put Jesus to death. Oh, you say you are? That's blasphemy. You can't be. If you believe that, you become a child of of God. That means that you are a person who has godly characteristics. Now, I have always marveled at something over the years, how that when a family has a baby, and someone will look at that baby and go, oh, they look just like you. Oh, they look just like the mom. They've got this, this. And I'm looking going, uh, I, I just don't see it. I mean, it's just a wrinkly, oh, shriveled little head that uh, some have hair, some don't. It's red, you know, it's just there. They look, uh, what's, I, I don't know. But yet they say, oh, you look just like. So if you become a child of God, you should look just like God on earth. Thus, we talk about how you and I are to become Christ-like, to become like Him. And so, the implication that John is pushing here is, look, if you believe that He's the Messiah, 
If you really believe that, that he's the one, even though he's left and what we thought was going to be his kingdom established, the Israel nation and all that, hasn't looked like we thought it was going to look, do you still believe he was the one and he's coming back again to establish his kingdom? You become a child of God. If you believe everything he claimed to be, you're a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. So that means if you're a child of God, you should love the Father, correct? And here we have again, if you love God, you have to love people. Here's the tie-in, the implication. Notice what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. Notice what he says. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, everyone in the room has a sinful nature. I'd like to say you become a Christian, your sinful nature packs up its bags and leaves, but unfortunately, we've watched each other, haven't we? And we know that there's a lot of baggage still there, isn't there? If you live by its dictates, if you live by your sinful nature, if you do what you want to do, you will die. In other words, you will not have life, eternal life nor life here on this earth. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. In other words, the actions. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba Father. In other words, I'm not just someone who is obediently doing everything God wants me to do. We'll talk about that in a moment here. I am a child of God. I love the Father. His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Spirit of God living in me helps me know I'm a child of God. And since we're His children, we're His heirs. And in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in His glory, we also share in the sufferings. Boy, I wish that part wasn't there. But that's what he says. And he says, since you're a member of God's family, you're going to act like you're a part of that family. And that means that you will love the members of God's family. Now, I don't know how you're, you got along with your siblings. But have you ever noticed that sometimes it's not easy loving the other members of your family? Have you ever noticed that sometimes they get on your nerves? They're family, but boy. And do you ever think that, you know what, I don't know how I came out so good and they came out so bad. You know, it's just, man, I don't understand this. And have you ever looked at another family and you saw two siblings there and you, your brother and sister or your brother and brother or sister, you, you don't act like, you don't look like, you know, it just kind of, wow, I would have never pictured that. And yet the implication is, and the teaching is, here's the deal. You are a part of the family of God. 
you, if you believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and that one day he will establish his kingdom forever. And if you believe that, you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God, then you love God's family. And God's family is messy. No one's perfect, but yet I am responsible to love them as they are for who they are. And for some, you know, the old thing is, look, I can mess with my brother and sister, but you better not. And so the implication is here, you and I have to come to that place where we're recognized, I've been born into the family of God, and I've been born into God's family because I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that He's the anointed one, the Messiah, the sacrifice, the King, and He's coming again to establish His kingdom. And I believe that, and because I believe that, I am obligated to love brothers and sisters. Okay? We all get it, but we all have a trouble with it, don't we? And so he goes on and takes it a step farther. He says, not only are you born into God's family, but you are faithful in obeying God. Faithful in obeying God. So verses 2 and 3 of 1 John 5, here's what he says. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. How do you show your love for God? It's a very clear teaching throughout Scripture. If you love God, you obey Him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you'll love me, you'll do what I tell you to do. You'll act like I want you to act. And so I have to obey the commandment. Now here's where we get in trouble. We say, hear that word commandments and we think either the big 10, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good on those. I, you know, I, I kind of keep them. Or, or we try to look for a set of rules, don't we? What are the rules that I have to keep in order to be the person God wants me to be so that I know I love Him. And in reality, there's only one rule. Love God and love people. If you do that, you'll do all the other things right. And so in my life, do I go here or go here? Well, I can't think about just what I want to do. I am responsible for my brothers and sisters, what is best for them. Now, when I was a kid growing up, I, I didn't, I, I served God, but I sure didn't want to go in the ministry because I knew what it was like. People, man. And one of the things I really resented, especially as a teenager, how many times, no, we can't do that because of what others might think. And I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. Who cares? Right? Doesn't matter what they think. I don't see anything wrong with it. I can do what I want to do. 
But my parents held really firm, and I, as I got older, finally realized they're right. It does matter. Well, I can live my life as I want. Uh, no, you can't. Love means laying down your life for another, right? Love means being willing to sacrifice for other people. Love means I care for you more than I care for me. L love means, God, I love you, and I don't want to do anything that would cause you embarrassment. I don't want to do anything that would displease you. I want to honor you, not because I'm a fearful slave, as we read a moment ago, right? But because you're my father. Here, I want to please you. I want to do what's right. I love you. This is my brothers and sisters. I love them. I want to do what's good for them. I want to care about them more than me. And the Christian life is a constant battle of putting to death your selfish nature and letting the Holy Spirit godly nature be in control. And any time you begin to think poorly of others, any time you begin to act in a way that is disrespectful, act in a way that you know might cause problems, you are not living in love and you are not obeying God. Now, that's not my rules, that's God's. And I have over the years had people come up to me, look, I want to be a Christian, would you just tell me what I have to do? Or if you're a teenager, okay, can I do this and still be saved? So what they're wanting is, tell me the line, and where that, when I cross that line, I'm going to go to hell. But as long as I stay on this side of the line, I'm going to be fine. And tell me where that line is. Why do they want you to tell you where that line is? Because they want to live right at it. Right? Oh, that's the line? Let me get far away. Let me not even go close. No, I want to live right at it. And so you and I keep living that way. Oh, pastor, that's so hard. That's not what John says. What, what's he say? Loving God means keeping his commandments, verse 3. And his commandments are not a burden. They're not heavy. It's not something that will weigh you down. It's not that hard. Now let me qualify it and explain it. It's not that hard when the Holy Spirit is in control. It's really hard when your carnal, sinful nature is in control. So if you're thinking it's hard to obey God, what voice are you listening to when you think that? The sinful nature. And so you love God because you want to, by obeying Him, and you do what He tells you to do, and keeping His commandments are not a burden. That means I should enjoy obeying God. I should be able to do what God wants me to do. And when you're born into the family and you love God, His command is not a burden. Now, the world thinks it's a burden. 
The world thinks if you do what God wants you to do, you're going to miss out on all the fun. You're not going to get to do anything. But you and I get a choice. Now, here's the crazy thing. Everything in creation obeys God. The sun does its thing as it shines forth because God created it to do that. The earth spins around the sun and spins and rotates in a certain way because God created it to do that. The animals live according to their instinct because God created them, sin deformed them, but they're still doing what God wants them to do. Man is the only creature that has the choice to not obey. And so everything in creation obeys God except man. And we know, don't we, that these commands are for our own good? that I will have the best life there is if I will just do what God tells me to do through His Spirit alive within me. If I'll just obey that voice, I will have life. Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and have it to the full, abundant. When you obey me, that's the life you get. But somehow in the back of our mind, that old nature of ours says, it's not true. It's not right. And sometimes we don't listen. And we think we know better. And we think we know what we want. And it creates problems for us. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is very light. God always gives you the strength you need to obey Him. And it is not that heavy of a burden. You want a heavy burden? Go live how you want and see how that ends up. You want a heavy burden? Talk to the drug addict. That's a heavy burden. You want a heavy burden? Talk about the person who lives with unforgiveness in their life because of something that's happened. That's a heavy burden. So you and I come to that place. God, I love you. Now, you cannot love God without doing what He says. If you love Him, you'll obey Him. And the proof of your love is your obedience of how you love people. Okay? Boy, you know, and I understand what I'm saying. It sounds so simple, but it's so hard, isn't it? It's really difficult because Satan's right there the whole time. You're going to miss out. You're going to, that old sinful nature has its cravings, has its desires, does its thing. There's that constant conflict that's there. And you and I have to remind ourselves, I got to do this. I want to do this. God, I know it's not a burden. God, I want to do this. I love you. So how do we do it? John answers that. We have victory through our faith. Through our faith. 
He says, look, here's what I want you to do. You love God. You're his child. You look like him. You act like him. He's a loving God. That's his character. That's his nature. So you love God. It's not a burden. It's not something that's heavy. It's not something that will wear you out. It's not something that, oh, no, I can't do it. It's just too hard. No, it's not. Verse 4, every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If I'm a child of God, I have a new nature within me. I come to that place where I understand who I am, and that nature allows me to be victorious. So he says, look, you can defeat this world. You can defeat that nature. It's because of Christ who's alive in you, and it's through your faith. Now, here's what faith is. You don't get to fully understand it and have all the answers. You just believe it. Jesus is the Christ. That takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again. It takes faith to believe that He's the one who's going to rule and reign forever. It takes faith to believe, I can do this. And the world is not only outside of me. Defeat this evil world. The world's not only outside of me, but a part of it's inside of me, isn't it? And I have to deal with that. Because some think, here's what I'll do. I want to love God, and so I'll do that. And what I'll do is isolate myself. Uh, or I'll go off in a monastery somewhere, or I'll go off in the desert somewhere, and I'll just be my, by myself. That way this world won't get at me, and that way I can do what's right and be this spiritual person. There's a problem with that. You take your old nature with you. And it's there. And you have to learn how to live with it in the family because if you're going to love God by loving people, you have to be around people. And that means you don't get to say all the things you'd like to say to people. That means you're kind when you talk to them. That means you're positive. Well, I'm positive they're a kook. No, it's not the way to do it. And so withdrawal from the world does not get rid of the world. I have to have faith in Christ. I believe that the Spirit of God lives in me. How do I know that? Oh, I feel something sometimes. No, 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 no. Faith tells me. God said it. I believe it. It's there. And I'm not fighting for victory. Victory has already been won by Jesus Christ. So I live in the victory that he has provided for me. And faith, now please hear this. Faith is not just saying, I believe. Faith has actions. Paul wrote about that. Some say this, some say this. There's actions to it. You know him. And the more you know him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more we become like him. And the more we become like him, our faith grows and we become obedient because of our faith.
And thus there is this whole chapter in Hebrews devoted to this understanding of faith. And I'm going to read through it real quickly. Now, I haven't done a disservice to it, but not everything is there, all right? I mean, some of the verses, I just didn't put the whole verse in. I just want to emphasize the one point. Here's people who by faith did this and did this. Now, as we go through this list, I want you to notice one thing. The people in this list are not perfect people, are they? But they are people who kept obeying God, didn't they? They recovered from their sin, their mistakes, and they got on track and kept doing what is right. So we live by faith. Corey Tin Boone says this great quote, quote, faith sees the invisible, it believes the unbelievable, and it receives the impossible. Great quote. So, Hebrews 11. I'm not going to just follow with me through. I'm going to go through fast, okay? The people interpreting are going to hate me, but I'm going I'm to go through really fast. Verse 2, their faith, through their faith, people in the days of old earned a good reputation. They earned the obedience. Faith, Abel bought a more acceptable offering. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family. He, what? He obeyed God. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home, not going to other land, not knowing where he was going. He went anyway. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. That's faith. Believe God would keep his promise. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By faith, Isaac promised a blessing for the future to his sons. By faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, bowed his head in worship. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. That's faith. And he even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. Now, I love that little phrase. Now picture this, as, Egypt, as the children of Israel, slaves in Egypt, this went on for, Joseph dies. Remember, he had been the head. He got him there to begin with. He says, look, when I die, put my body in a coffin, set it over in the corner, and when you leave this place, take my bones with you. Hundreds of years later, when they're leaving Egypt, people are carrying his bones. That's faith. That's faith. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. By faith, he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It is by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king, kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. By faith, Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. By faith, the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they are on dry ground. It was by faith the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed when the people in her city refused to obey God. Then he goes into, in verse 32, talking about some people who went through hard times. Remember Paul said, if you believe in him, you're also going to suffer for him? He lists the people that suffered and what they went through, and he comes down to this conclusion in verse 32. How much more indeed to say? Take too long to recount the stories of faith. List a whole list of people. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God has promised. List there's others who were just torn apart, devoured by lions, all the other things. Verse 39, all of these people 
earned a good reputation. Remember, that's how the chapter started, right? Because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. What? They didn't get it all? For God had something better in mind for us. Think about it. You and I are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. We're mentioned there, us. So that they would not reach perfection. They would not reach the final moment. They would not come into the kingdom of God in all of its fullness without us. Without us. The righteous will live by their faith. In obedience to God because they believe that Jesus is the Christ. So how are you doing with that? Believe Jesus is the Christ? Great. Are you obeying God by loving Him and loving others? And are I letting your faith direct the steps of your life? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you tonight for the clarity of Scripture and what it says to us. And Lord, we battle that sinful nature that tries to tell us your ways are a burden, tries to say we know better, causes us to act and talk in ways that are unloving. And so, God, would you help us in our belief in Jesus Christ that we live in obedience to Him and our faith keeps us going and obeying God because we believe that one day we are going to be with you forever. And we live for that day. And we thank you for that hope we have. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.